You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. WWE NXT Deadline is ready for prime time. It's SiriusXM, Canada's senior producer of talent and industry relations, as well as the Balabakani Hour on SiriusXM 167, Canada Talks, Balabakani. And Daniel Shahari to preview WWE NXT Deadline 2023. Uh, Dan, it might be too soon for me to ask you what you think about the show, because I know you're not the biggest NXT guy. Um, but what's your general vibe about NXT Deadline this year? You have a lot of work uh, ahead of you selling me on this, because I know very little. I know names. <laughs> I've seen a few people. I yeah. have zero. I, I don't believe. I, I don't believe I have uh currently any knowledge of the current storylines so i'm all yours you got to sell me on this and at the end of it we'll, i'll tell you if i'm going to watch i will tell you this when it comes to nxt deadline it has become about the iron survivor challenge which is you know to some extent imagine war games without the two rings and the two cages which on paper isn't the best sell but when you look at this roster like we'll talk about Trick Williams and uh, to interview him recently, but he's a fantastic talker and a future star. Yeah, yeah. You talk about Braun Breaker, who comes from the Steiner family. I'm familiar. You talk about Dijak, who's gone back down yep. and has sort of rediscovered himself. Of course. There's holdouts like Tyler Bate and Ilya Dragunov uh, from NXT UK who have carved out, you know, a great niche for themselves. Uh, we've talked about Tiffany Stratton before, who, mm -hmm. you know, seems to be maybe the next Charlotte Flair, which is a good thing to have, you know, when you're building a roster and then you have other people like Kalani Jordan, who could be, you know, maybe a better Dana Brooke. And I'm unfamiliar. The potential, right. And, and Roxanne Perez, who is sort of this weird mesh of CM Punk and AJ Lee, if they were the same person, um, th there's Aren't a lot they? of potential here, not to mention Dragon Lee, who, you know, WWE is always already very much positioning as an X-ray Mysterio. So I think the future is really on this roster, Dan. So now I'm sure you're hyped. That's so far so good, Bilal. Um, you know, you said some names I'm, I'm familiar with. Uh, only a couple that I weren't, but uh, yep. I, I, I do. I wasn't aware that uh, for one, I, I certainly wasn't aware that Dragon Lee was going to be on this. Uh, yep. I will get. We'll, I'm sure you'll get to the context in which. Uh, if I may ask, what's for, my first question is why is it called Deadline? Is, I there, have is there a reason? I have no idea. I okay. think it's a combination of, oh, no, the year's over. Let's say something about deadlines. And uh, they found an old, uh, like, a sports clock that kind of flips over. That's a very, like, it's it's such an old text, Dan. I think this is from my first years at Sheridan College about 15 years ago. It's probably one of the oldest video, like, text graphics I've ever seen. Um, but I don't really think it's anything more than that sure um, like most okay or, or it very much might be wwe looking at their spreadsheets and saying what if we just threw an nxt pay-per-view in in december and just made a little bit more money to get our our year-end revenue a bit higher and somebody looked at it in november or september and, and came to that conclusion so that's, that's my best good guess. enough reason um, for me there's can no you factor. remind me who's on commentary um so you're gonna have <laughs> this is i'm glad you brought this up uh, Vic Joseph, who has Good. been with NXT forever. Uh, unfortunately, uh, his love interest, Mackenzie Mitchell, who was a backstage interviewer, was just laid off. So my condolences uh, yes. to Vic. That's that sucks. Um, and Booker T, who. Um, yes. OK, great. Uh, yeah. Uh, Booker T, who hey, is not the greatest color like commentator he... of all time. Let's say okay, that. OK, look, if he's anything like he was 10 years ago when he was on SmackDown, I'm all in. 
think that, but less just, familiar with the roster. That's a plus for me. Yeah. I it, forgot I forgot all about Booker T being on. Okay, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, he, you know what? He brings a lot of energy to it. Um, I, I just, I, I wish he would almost slow down and, and just think before he speaks, but it, that is some of the appeal is it's just Booker T uncut. Um, I, I feel like th- there's also, and I know there's been <laughs> screen grabs, Booker T ordering like skip the dishes or something yeah, during NXT. So he's he's done some stuff. Um, which it's just like almost like your uh, you know your your clumsy uncle is kind of the where he's getting to. Um, does but he it, still say his? Does he still say yeah. shucky ducky quack quack? Not as much as he used to, uh, or he as has, much as he, he might say. say on a, oh, he does say it. Not as okay, like good. on a kickoff panel, he'll go to it as a crutch. I think he's learned over two hours. You just can't be dropping that every twenty minutes. Um, you know, you just can't. All right, so let's try to get into the matches. The Men's Iron Survivor Challenge. Uh, and I'm I'm really going to put an emphasis here, Dan, partially because I'm playing WWE Supercard and you get points if you pick the matches correctly. So I, I don't have a betting problem here. I just, I do this for fun. Um, but Braun Breaker is the statistical favorite. I, I've taken the numbers out here because it just gets insane if I have to read 45 numbers out here. But he's the favorite. He's, he's a mild favorite over Dijak. Then Trick Williams is the next favorite. And by the way, I interviewed Trick Williams. Uh, Tyler Bate and Osh Briggs, which I got this from ringside.com. They meant Josh Briggs, but they forgot the J. I just wanted to mm. shout that out. Um, Josh Briggs, as you may remember, is part of sort of this cow- cowboy tag team, um, was sort of an upset to get yes. in here. So he's really out of left field. And I think with a lot of these guys, Briggs has been having some friction, which is t- with his tag team partner as a result of qualifying. Tyler Bate. Uh, seems primed for some sort of feud here. Trick Williams is definitely primed for a feud with Carmelo Hayes. They had a falling out. Um, they're a bit of a tag team. They came in together to NXT. Uh, Dijak is always feuding with people. So it does kind of feel like Breaker is sort of the safe person. Uh, and we'll get into the NXT title He's picture in a moment. Still, right? uh, no, so we're going to get into the championship. This is, so the Iron Survivors are strictly qualifiers for championship matches in the future. I should okay. preface that. So... The assumption here, and we'll, we'll talk about it in a second, Ilya Dragunov will probably still be the NXT champion after this. Right. Um, so right. this is to determine his next challenger. And in which case, I think we're going to end up where we were about this time last year, and that's with Braun Breaker. Okay, so what is the, is there a stipulation to these type of matches? Yes, so Iron Survivor, imagine the cage in um, a War Games match, um, and basically there is a penalty box. So if I remember correctly... Two people start the match, and from there, they battle, and as time goes on, another person comes in. But if you pin someone, they go in the penalty box for X amount of time. There's no limit. Four to five, like almost four people can be in that penalty box simultaneously, and whoever has the most pinfalls wins the match at the end of the clock. So I think that kind of plays into the deadline theme a bit. So it's kind of... They've done this before? They did this last year, It's and Grayson Waller won it on the men's side. It's similar to a championship scramble with a penalty box. That's the best way I can put it, except that only two people start the match. It sounds convoluted, mm-hmm. but if, you, if you're telling me that it's... What do you think? Is it good? Do you like this this premise of a match? It's interesting. Um, I To your point, I wouldn't rate it as one of my favorite stipulations, but I, I don't think it gets in the way necessarily. I think it creates... You know, if WWE on the main roster was to just establish a championship, you know, just scramble at some point on a pay-per-view, um, I 
think it would work. So it's it's kind of in between. Did they do this because they took war games to the main roster? Uh yeah. Timing is almost perfect for that. So I would yeah. imagine so. Okay. All right. I'll check. I mean, I have never seen this match before, so that is a plus for me that yeah. I'll see something new. Okay, good. So far, we're, we're doing pretty good. So we'll move to the NXT champion, Ilya Dragunov, uh, facing Baron Corbin, who many of you remember oh, yes. from the main roster. Corbin's come down. The, the story right. is essentially, you know, Corbin's got it all. He's got the mansion and many stakes. Um, but Ilya left his family behind in R- Russia. He's the one baby face in the history of wrestling from Russia. No, I'm mm. kidding. Um, and you know, he almost is envious, is almost upset at everything Corbin has. Um, and yet the only thing he has left is his title, which he essentially abandoned his family for, and he's looking to take it. Now, Dragonoff is far and away the biggest favorite here in the thousands, like minus, I don't know if it was five thousand or a thousand. He's a baby face at this point. Um, so I, I don't think there's much question as to if he wins it. Um, but certainly, you know, Corbin's been excellent uh, in this role in NXT. He's essentially burned off all his old gimmicks and started from complete scratch here. Uh, and he's been really, really good in all of this. So, yeah, this would be a great match that may, in fact, main event. So he didn't go back to his NXT gimmick of the Lone Wolf, whatever nope. that was. Okay, Burnt that. Burnt Happy Corbin. Uh, burnt the Lone Wolf. That, I don't even know if that was the original one. And burnt some that other gimmicks one. I don't remember. Yeah. So com- Did you like, hear this is just that- barren. He became like a Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion over the weekend, or? I did not hear that like at he's all. He's a legit, like, yeah, he won a, a tournament or something like that, yeah. Wow. Aside from him being, he's already like a Golden Gloves boxer as well. Yeah, no, Cor- Corbin's, it, it will be interesting to see what you do with Baron Corbin when this NXT run is done. Because, you know, I talked about Jack earlier. He seems completely refreshed. He's got this kind of 80s aesthetic. He comes out in black and white. There's, I think, some letterboxing. I could see Dijak stepping up to Raw or SmackDown and being kind of a gatekeeper, maybe even main event, just a gatekeeper guy who can, you know, be a big guy. You can plug into some matches. With Corbin, this gimmick is so specific to NXT. It's he went to NXT and took away everything, and it's just sort of the veteran presence on this show. I don't know how that gimmick will translate onto Raw and SmackDown. Again, he could be the Dijak on the opposite show, Raw or SmackDown, where he's the gatekeeper. Um, but I do think he probably is going to spend more time down here to develop what this character really is, because it's kind of just main roster guy comes down to the NXT level and erases all his gimmicks, which is not a gimmick in and of itself. I think he's got, uh, I don't want to sound, I don't know, what, but I think he's got one more chance they're going to mm. bring him up one more time yep. and it's either going to work or it's not. And if it's not, then I think they're going to part ways with him. But I yeah. have a feeling that he's going to eventually figure this out and the fans will take to him at some point. Yeah, no, he's been great in this role. Mm. And I think he's he's proven what he can do. All right, we'll chat about the Women's Iron Survivor Challenge. Again, number one contendership for the Women's Championship. Um, Lyra Valkyrie. Is not defending her championship on this show, and we'll get a little bit more into that in a second. But Tiffany Stratton is, again, the slight favorite, not even as much as Braun Breaker, a couple points less. Um, she's followed by Blair Davenport from NXT UK, who did have a feud with Lyra Valkyrie when she was there. Last Legend, who just slammed Otis, if you didn't see that on NXT on Tuesday night, which was literally an Andre Hogan moment, maybe more so, because you have this former WNBA player slamming Otis in the modern day, which is incredible. 
uh, Fallon Henley, who was part of that cowboy, you know, faction with Josh Briggs uh, and Kalani Jordan, who I mentioned earlier, who's a gymnast similar to Tiffany Stratton, but more of the Dana Brooke variety. You know, after Stratton, Blair and Kalani were two people who, you know, people shouted out as potential winners here. The problem for Blair Davenport is on Tuesday, um, Nikita Lyons returned and immediately attacked her. So I think that's the angle for her going forward. They're pinning the injury on Blair Davenport. That's her next program. Kalani James um, physically has got all the tools. As a promo, she ranks right at the bottom of these five women. She just hasn't developed you know, that character on the mic. And she had the benefit of having Dana Brooke be her mouthpiece until she was unfortunately let go. And she does have that gap in her skill set. So I do kind of think they're going to go back to Tiffany Stratton here. Uh, the other problem for Kalani Jordan, if she's part of the breakout tournament, she lost that to Lola Vice. Lola Vice has not even cashed in that opportunity. So I, I don't know what it says that, well, you didn't win the title shot a month ago, but you're going to win it now. Um, so I, they may have written themselves into a corner here, Dan. Well, I don't, Again, I haven't followed any of the women's division, but my sense is, my perception is that they're going to make, they have high, high, high hopes for Tiffany Stratton. Yep. And regardless if they let her, I, I don't know if it even matters if she wins that belt again, mm -hmm. uh, um, but they're going to bring her up soon. Yep. And she's going to be, they're going to push her. Uh, that That's my sense. Yeah, no, and to your point, if she's destined for a Royal Rumble appearance, what better way than to have her win this? And, you know, I think Vengeance Day is in February, but there's who's to say she doesn't take that title shot before that? End of January, she shows up on the Rumble having just... That's a great know, idea. ...gone out almost on top, uh, potentially almost winning the championship. Speaking of women's action, uh, Roxanne Perez, who, again, imagine AJ Lee, because she's basically that demeanor and, and that style... But acting like CM Punk, you imagine he acts backstage, but, you know, in the actual, you know, real world or not real world of wrestling, um, she has a feud with Kiana James, who Kiana's the heel here, a business lady who came to wrestling. And I just want to describe this to people um, in a recent match where Kiana was trying to qualify for the Iron Survivor Challenge. The babyface Roxanne Perez took the ring bell and rung it early and caused her to be distracted and lose um she's also attacked her backstage so this is a roxanne perez character that they're doing something with um i don't know if they're trying to do a stone cold steve austin like anti-hero baby face if they think she's a female cm punk if at some point she's going to be part of a faction with cm and maybe one day aj lee who she looks up to is a part of it as well um but they have some plans for perez here She's a favorite here, one of the biggest favorites on the night, uh, I think just behind whoever, Dragunov. Um, so I I think she has to win here. I, I don't really know what they're doing with this Kiana James character. She's just kind of in and around the women's division, but not doing much. Uh, I The same as I as I started before, as, because I'm not familiar with the storyline, I'll just give you my perception. And mm -hmm. yeah, of course, uh, Roxy has been destined to be a big thing on the main roster. And I know that they're high, they're very high on her. So mm -hmm. she could also be uh, an entrance at the rumble as well for the yeah, same reason. And, and she was, and maybe it was because it was in Texas. She's from Texas. She was very over last year in the rumble. Um, and I think the CM Punk stuff, um, you know, puts her in a spot where if you wanted, 
younger, newer talent to put near CM Punk. Like she is before they even signed Punk, she was acting like CM Punk. And maybe it's because, you know, Shawn Michaels or somebody had wind of the adjacent storyline that might be happening and they wanted to lean into it. But she seems primed for that. Um, and it almost seems like a wasted opportunity not to do that. Finally, Dan, in a match that literally the ringside seats website completely forgot was happening, uh, let alone had the, you know, nobody's even updated this yet. But dirty Dominic Mysterio will defend his title, oh. not against Wesley, because Wesley is actually out with an injury for sounds like eight to 12 months. But Dragon Lee, proving my theory that they are, in fact, brothers, but they're not really. Um, I want to see this. Rey Mysterio kind of was on the video board and set this up because uh, he's like they're going heavy on Rey Mysterio, you know, talking about Dragon Lee as the future of Lucha Libre, um, potentially as a member of the LWO, uh, you know, as a surrogate for Rey Mysterio in this feud, which they probably will revisit at WrestleMania, you would think, Um you know, does it just take a rumble to get going? But the interesting thing here, as much as I love Dragon Lee, Dan, he's already on the SmackDown roster. Like, he's already kind of transitioning out. So I think as much as he's a fill-in here for Wes Lee, I don't think Wes Lee was going to win this title. He seemed also destined for a main roster push. He had previously quit NXT before this injury or stepped away from it. So I think you leave the title here on Dominic Mysterio, who does need that seasoning uh, and certainly having the North American title and, you know, an ad for NXT on Raw doesn't hurt things as they're in the midst of selling Raw off. Uh, and NXT has their deal with CW now uh, that's happened while Dominic has been, you know, North American champion. Absolutely. I don't think there's any reason to, again, without even watching NXT, there's no reason to take uh, that belt off of Dominic. It's he's yep. He's just been such a, such a hidden or uh, it was, he was a hidden gem and now he's just, or a pleasant surprise rather. I think he's far exceeding the company's expectations. He certainly did mine. Like I, I didn't expect him to be doing as well as he has been. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's like, like really well. Like I think he's, mm. he's, whether you are aware of it or not, like he's one of the top stars in the company at this point. Yeah. Right. And so, and it's a great gimmick and he's doing so well with it. So until you have somebody, you know, that really needs to get that belt, keep it on him. Why not? No, absolutely. Uh, I want to see this match. I would be remiss. And I, I tell my wife all the time, he's the, you know, the, jokingly, he's the hottest heel in wrestling. I obviously he's not that far, yeah. but you know, it, depending, on how much, uh, depending on how much you are remembering, if the crowd knows his cry, crowd noise is piped in or not you can make that argument if you forget about that uh, um but i do want to just throw this out because uh i mentioned i chatted with rick trick williams uh, a week ago when they announced nxt vengeance day uh i also chatted with giselle shaw because you know impact wrestling's heading to toronto on december 9th and i did chat with evil uno and uh, our friend rj city because aw was in montreal last night they're back there tonight um, so Dan, it would be kind of unfair of me to not just plug all these great interviews on the Balalbakani Hour on Sirius XM 167 Canada Talks, but to give it's you an a, open forum to chat about AEW, anything else in WWE, or even Impact Wrestling before we. I think I missed something. What happened? So what did they do last night in Montreal? Last so and and it's funny because this threw me off, and Evil Uno helped me out, so I have to give him a co-hosting credit. So they taped Collision and Rampage on Tuesday, Weird. and then they're doing Dynamite live on the Wednesday. Um, I, th this was also at the bell center in the midst of a hockey season. So I don't know if do? they, do you know? um, 
I think the ticket sales were a little bit lower than people had expected. Mm. Um, but I think this has been sort of the thing since Collision and Rampage launched. It's that they had the TV deal. They are still like this is their first trip to Montreal. They are still establishing themselves in markets. And, you know, when you talk about Montreal wrestlers on their roster, yes, there's Evil Uno, uh, I believe Stu Grayson, um, the Daddy Magic. Daddy Magic, the former kind of 2.0 guys. Yeah. But the WWE kind of has a bit of a monopoly on like the known Quebec wrestlers, whether it's Sami Zayn or Kevin Owens. Like they're in a different stratosphere of star. Yes. So you understand why they would go to this market, you know, towards the end of their Canadian tour uh, or after they'd finished it. So, yeah, I, I think this is always going to be the dichotomy of wrestling. And I think you and I are smart enough to know. And you see somebody tweet out a photo with like an empty part of the crowd. Yeah. That's where all the production stuff is. Like none of these shows are that empty. I th or people are coming in early. And right. Shooting you that don't know the this. context of that. Exactly. Yeah. Like when that photo was taken. I hear you. Yeah. And, and that's very, very standard. What you will see over time is the decrease decreasing of that media zone as like you've seen WWE do this where they build up a market and they're just squeezing more and more seats and then seats get released later. But they're the market leader and they're still toying around with this stuff. And it's only now that Triple H is is running the show and setting, you know, records at the gates, records on pay-per-views uh, on a consistent basis. But that wasn't happening before. So we're talking about a company that's existed for, I don't know, 100 years. And it's only now that, yeah. you know, a certain person has been pushed out and a fresh set of eyes are on it that they're performing in such a way yep. that they can do that. And even then, you know, TKO had that statement that came out the other day where they were talking about reducing some of their live events because the new ownership's looking at it and saying, well, why are you doing, I think they described him as C and D counties. Why are you doing smaller shows in smaller markets? Because it diminishes the brand. So I, I think all wrestling companies struggle with this. At the end of the day, you know, our friends at TSN Plus, <laughs> They're looking at AEW Rampage and Collision, and they're selling TSM Plus subscriptions. Like that is a premium feature above and beyond the TSN channels. So I think from a broadcasting standpoint, they're probably winning, and they're still kind of figuring out the live event side of it. Would be my take. I agree. yeah, I agree. And look, I, I, I whoever said that at TKO, I, I agree with that. And I think yeah. that, that's a smart. I think they should have done that. To, 10 years ago um back to the live gates at in montreal currently mm. look i have to think that if this was a year ago two mm. years definitely two years ago this would have sold out yeah uh there's a difference now there's a difference in what you what you just said about the perception of uh, wwe is is currently suddenly firing on all cylinders and they're doing yep. very good very good Yep. This is the most I've been interested in a long, long time. Mm -hmm. uh, and then and then there's been there's been a lot of harm done for to AEW in the past year, uh, perceptually. Mm. And it's un it's unfortunate, but there has. There's there's a it, it just like it's unfortunate. Like every it seems like every other day, one of their talents can't shut up on social media about complaining about their situation and, the, and it just makes them look so bad because you don't see WWE people do this. The last person who did that was Rhonda and she left. Mm. Right. 
Yeah. But like they, their talent doesn't do this. Mm-hmm. Like openly complain about how they're they're being booked. And that's got like that that perception is just uh again, it's they're the two companies are drifting in the opposite direction. Mm. It's and again, I I'm gonna be more careful now because I'm interviewing people from all three companies, including mm-hmm. Quebec. Um so it, it is interesting and I I think a younger company is always going to have to learn some hard lessons, right? Mm-hmm. Like, especially with wrestlers, I think it's very, very difficult. And I think CM Punk is the perfect example. Look at all the trouble he caused and then look at all the money he still made both companies. And as he look how he's rewarded. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's so it's crazy. such a, yeah. it's such a complicated yeah. industry. And, 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 you know, we could go from him to Ric Flair to Matt Riddle to, uh, you know, even JD McDonough to a lesser extent, there's so many complicated wrestling stories. And I don't even think I fully comprehend all the factors that go into deciding, okay, we're taking a risk on this person. Um, but I think it becomes in a simplified way, this sort of risk reward situation of money versus perception. And it is funny you you mentioned perception because I do think you, people will ignore the perception at a certain point if the stars are big enough. And I think that's ultimately where both of these companies will end up. It's a bidding war to get stars no matter the cost. And even if somebody has a knock on them in one situation, they can slide right into the other situation um, and still could be a a fantastic draw. And and even someone who has no heat on them like Edge uh, can see his career literally rejuvenated in AEW when I think in WWE it was basically done like it was there was no story left to tell and i think he over exerted himself and lowered his brand value and now you're seeing okay if he can tell the story again he knows how to tell it so he's in a good space yeah he's he's they've he's the star of his own show essentially like he's pretty much the collision guy now yeah um he's on the other show as well of course but um He's in a good, he, he he's treated with respect. He's going to be a focus for as long as he feels like it, and he, I'm yeah. sure he's being paid well enough. I don't know if I don't know if he's being paid more or less than what he was before, mm. but I'm sure he's being paid well enough, where he's very happy. Dan, I guess we will reconvene ahead of World's End because I don't think WWE has another December pay per view. It's pretty much straight to the Rumble, especially if you guys Cody and Shinsuke Nakamura. Thank you as always for this, Dan. Uh, there's. Maybe too much wrestling, but we get to talk I about know. it, which is always but fun. Good job. Uh, you sold me on NXT. Well, it's you did not it. very expensive, so that helps. <laughs> Christmas miracle. Thanks, Dan. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com. Never Sleeps Network.